0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fire pit. Evan, I have to tell you, I was so disappointed when I woke up today. Why? Oh, I know why. Because they said it was going to snow last night. And we just got nothing but cold, wet rain. Right. I was so looking forward to it. I love the snow. I love winter. Winter is by far my favorite season of the year. I... Would prefer at all times that the outside temperature is between 25 and 45 degrees. Oh, it's too cold. No, it's a great temperature. I don't mind
1: the cold, but I do agree that if it's going to be cold, we might as well have snow. Snow's great. It's fun. It's awesome. It's pretty. It's pretty. And we just
0: had cold, wet rain. Rain. Because, yeah, it's dreary. It was dreary. So I was a little disappointed when I got up this morning and there was no snow. Yeah. But, I mean, it's only the beginning of December, first week. We still have time. It's possible we'll have a white Christmas. could be great. It's possible that we won't because we live in southwest Missouri where we only seem to get ice. Yeah. It's, but...
1: Yeah, we get the rain and then it's so cold the next day that it just ices over and that's all we get.
0: Yep. Or it just... ISIS from the sky, which is always fun. ISIS falls from the sky. Oh, you weren't here last winter, though, when we had the ice NATO. Ooh, I was not. No, there was a tornado. Uh, there was a tornado during an ice storm. That's like that's terrifying. It was the worst. Huh? It was the worst. It's like Mother Nature was just laughing at us, like haha, you're going to be disappointed." <laughs> I can do what I
1: want, ice NATO.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. I think that's probably also the next title for the next Sharknado movie. It really should be. (laughs) I have not seen any of those movies, though. But anyway, I'm looking forward to the snow. I'm looking forward to the cold. It's great. Mm. But Evan, what is it that you look forward to the most at Christmas?
1: I mean... There's, there's the typical, like, hanging out with family, getting presents, eating some homemade food. Those those are the kinds of things that, like, are expected. But for me, the things that I look forward to the most, um, well, one thing I didn't actually get to do this year, but my family has a tradition where the day after Thanksgiving, we all go out and we cut down our Christmas tree. Okay. So we went out the day after Thanksgiving. and Obviously, I wasn't able to do that this year because my family is kind of spread out. But my right. parents... Uh, they went and they Facetimed all of the brothers in, and so while my dad was cutting down the tree, we were all on Facetime watching him and cheering him on. So that was a good time. Yeah, that's cool. It is. And then I am gonna go visit them during Christmas. So right. I'm looking forward to just kind of watching old movies and hanging out, eating my mom's homemade food. What's your
0: favorite old time Christmas movie?
1: <sighs> it's a it's a hard tie between White Christmas and Holiday Inn. Huh. Yeah interesting i've never seen either of those movies they're old bing crosby i do like bing crosby um he's pretty good actually one of them one of them is a spin-off of the other so they're connected but not like in a story it's it's a it's it's a cool little okay it's a cool little thing but yeah we always watch those movies we quote all the lines we know all the songs nice so yeah that sounds like a lot of fun it is it's a good time what about you caleb favorite thing you're looking forward to this christmas Besides the cold and the snow,
0: besides the cold and the snow, I I always look forward to spending time with my family. Um, normally, all of all of the Brants in like our extended family, we all get together for Christmas, and it's always an amazing time. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to meet this year mm-hmm. all together as a family. My grandparents are elderly, and they have really been isolated from everyone since the start of COVID because yeah. they are at risk. So we are not getting to go and have Christmas with all of my family, which is a little disappointing, yeah. but I am excited to have Christmas with my immediate family mm-hmm. and getting to have that. And then also getting to have my very first Christmas with my fiance. That's a good time. Which will be really exciting. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to those things, you know, Christmas food. I, I, my family doesn't do anything special for christmas food
1: yeah i've I've had all kinds of food i've had like ham and your typical that kind of thing but i've also eaten like chili and tacos tacos oh yeah dude christmas tacos nothing quite like like christmas tacos
0: interesting oh yeah yeah no my family my family might order a pizza make make a pizza something like that that's fun um nothing nothing too crazy but it's simple, it's fun, and I enjoy the time with my family. But we don't watch Christmas movies. No. Um, so it seems a little bit different than how your family uh, gets into bit. it. Your family seems maybe like a little more festive during this season than mine.
1: In some ways,
0: I would say we are.
1: I've never decorated the outset of my house, so we're not uh, over-the-top festive. But we do appreciate a couple of tear-jerker Christmas movies and those kinds of things.
0: Oh, so, tearjerker christmas well movies. you know the,
1: the the hallmark christmas movies that come out every year i know those
0: exist i've never seen one yeah my mom loves them okay so we always watch uh
1: one or two of those and normally it's like mom i don't want to watch this and then she puts it on and then we can't take our eyes away from the screen so got it. it's always fun
0: got it yeah i've never well i've when i was younger decorated the outside of my parents house we got up and put christmas lights up um but the past few years since i've not lived with my parents I have a tiny, tiny fake Christmas tree, like a desk Christmas tree. It doesn't even go on the ground. It would be too tiny. And a Christmas bear that is just a little decoration. That's cute. It's been the only decorations we've had, only decorations I've needed. Um, and my fiance told me, she goes, you get your very limited Christmas decorations this year but next year, it's going to be like Christmas puked everywhere. Oh, boy. And I'm like, oh, great. See,
1: here's the biggest question for me is how long do you keep your Christmas stuff
0: up? Well, personally, I would prefer not to set our Christmas stuff up till like middle of December and then take it down December 26th. Hmm. I'm, I'm not the biggest Christmas person. In fact, I've been told many times I'm a Scrooge or a Grinch. Yeah. I wear it with pride but there are reasons
1: to feel that way right. I think, around around this season. Mm-hmm.
0: I I don't know about
1: about me, but my me and my brother put up blue Christmas lights all around our apartment when we lived together and we set up a big tree and we had we decorated it and it was up for 3 months. Mostly due to laziness, but okay. it worked out because that same year my brother uh, actually filmed a movie for college and they did a scene during christmas and we just happened to have our christmas stuff all set up so it actually worked out
0: so laziness it, laziness paid, paid off,
1: paid off.
0: <laughs> doesn't happen often but it it did happen that particular time man Evan, is your family a uh, matching Christmas pajamas family? My mother is a matching Christmas pajamas family kind of person. So she gets you all matching Christmas pajamas?
1: Um, I don't think the entire family has had them before, but, like, the brothers have had matching things, and my parents have had matching things. We do enjoy matching, um, uh, uh the things you're getting from the fireplace. Stockings. stockings. We do have matching family stockings, or, like, themed family stockings. okay. So, Prior to this year we would each have our name embroidered on one. This year we're all getting different snowmen. So Chris okay. my brother Christian and his wife are getting one, me and my wife are getting one. My parents are getting one. And then my little brother Jordan, who's unmarried, is getting his own uh, little stock. He doesn't but they're have to all share. He well, he's not married. Right. So, but they're all snowman themed. So okay.
0: yeah, we're we're
1: that kind of family.
0: Okay. Yeah, my family's never been a matching Christmas pajama kind of family. But I do have to say there is something just nice and cozy and comfortable about wearing pajamas Mm. and drinking hot chocolate.
1: Sitting in front of a campfire or or fireplace.
0: Yep. Yep. It just makes Fire Pit. Fire pit, yeah. It makes Christmas seem very cozy. Mm. Which I think is one of the reasons a lot of people like Christmas is because it's it's very cozy and comfortable for us. I agree. There's
1: there's nothing quite like a warm cup of hot chocolate, your 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 pajamas, you got the blanket, a good book, a fire. Like you can't go. Over, that is the most comfortable I've ever been in my life. Really? I the most comfortable. The most
0: comfortable. I mean, in that situation. That's impressive. It is. Now, there I think there's we try and make a distinction though with Christmas And try and distinguish it from other regular days. Yeah. Like Christmas, this year is December 25th. Well, it's always December 25th, but it's going to be on a Friday this year. Hmm. And it's not just any regular Friday. I think we go out of our way to make things comfortable and cozy for us. It's kind of like we think, oh, yeah, life is fun. There's nothing to worry about. We have this idea that everyone in your family is going to get along and everything goes exactly according to plan. And we strive for that. And that's what we hope for.
1: Yeah.
0: But if you know anything about the very first Christmas, um, which was the day Jesus was born, you probably wouldn't call it comfortable or cozy at all. There's
1: actually very little about it that's comfortable or cozy.
0: Yeah, I, I can't think of anything. I yeah, I can't either. No, like, because it's so vastly different from the way we celebrate Christmas yeah. now. It's
1: it's unplanned, yes. first of all. And I think that's one thing, too, is now, especially with COVID stuff, we, we've had a lot of unplanned things. Mm-hmm. But it's been, it's, yeah, the original Christmas was quite shocking.
0: Oh, Yeah. Shocking for a number of different reasons. I mean, Mm. Mary, who is the mother of Jesus and Joseph, her husband had to get really uncomfortable in order for the first Christmas to even happen. Like, we're talking long travel days on a donkey. I don't like traveling in a
1: car for a long time. Can you imagine a donkey?
0: Uh, No. And also, you and I cannot imagine this, and we can never experience this. But Mary's like... Eight and three quarters of a month pregnant yeah, no. at this point. He's about to burst and she's riding a donkey. That sounds. For days. For literal days. Like, sounds like the most uncomfortable thing. And it was probably smelly. Definitely. And then they got to Bethlehem and there was nowhere for them to stay. So they basically stayed in a cave surrounded by smelly animals. And then she had a baby in a cave surrounded by smelly animals. And everyone that they knew thought they were living in sin. Yeah. And they kept having these, like, angels pop up and randomly visit them, which just sounds terrifying. Yeah. So, very little or nothing about this story seems comfortable or cozy. hmm Most
1: of it just sounds terrifying and, and, yeah, uncomfortable. Right. I don't know if there's a stronger
0: word that I can right. use. Right. Well, and then especially because... Honestly, Mary, at this time, it's not like she's a grown woman. No. Realistically, she's probably somewhere between the ages of 12 and 16. Mm -hmm. Like, she is young. She's young. Having a baby. Everyone thinks she's living in sin. Having to travel. Being very uncomfortable. Like, probably the most uncomfortable thing that a young preteen or teen girl... Could ever go through. Oh, yeah. And I think it's so interesting that that's the way this story is framed.
1: Yeah.
0: It is framed and surrounded with discomfort. It is framed and surrounded by this idea that it goes completely against the... uh, thoughts and thinkings of the jewish people at the time Mm -hmm. that the savior of the world would be a ruling king Mm -hmm. with lots of power with lots of authority and takes that and shifts it to the story that we have which is the opposite of all of those things using the humblest of people from the lowliest of towns to accomplish what god wants
1: it's pretty wild how all of that stuff kind of unfolds and I think it's almost, it's hard for us to put ourselves into Mary or Joseph's shoes because it's so vastly different than anything that we have ever experienced. I mean, oh yeah. You know, we think our life can be hard and not to say life is easy, but I don't think any of us truly understand what Mary, Joseph and and baby Jesus went through. During this first Christmas.
0: Right. And it started well before this first Christmas. Mm -hmm. Started Well, right around nine months before. Give or take. Give or take a little bit. When an angel of the Lord comes to deliver this news to Mary.
1: Which sounds like a fun idea at the start. But when you begin to think about it, it's not quite as exciting. Right.
0: Right. Gabriel, the angel Gabriel, appears to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. You're like... So cool. Yeah. You're like, okay, here we go. Great start of a conversation. This is going to be a good thing. But again, Mary's a little bit confused, a little bit scared, probably disturbed. And Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And this is in Luke chapter 1, verse um, 30 says don't he says to her don't be afraid Mary for you have found favor with God you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus he will be very great and will be called the son of the Most High the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever his kingdom will never end Mary asked the angel but how can this happen I am a virgin the angel replied.
1: That's the way that this conversation happens, and then Mary's response to it blows my mind. Why, Evan? Because, I mean, I mean, like you said, Gabriel comes in, and his immediate first thing that he says is, chosen woman. You're like a great, like, biggest compliment you can ever achieve. And I'm assuming, you know, when when you see an angel, I've never, I mean, seen an angel like this. You, right. you never can tell, but... I'm assuming in this kind of instance, she would know that she's having a spiritual and miraculous thing happen. right? Which can be terrifying. But to hear that, you got to be thinking to yourself, "Wow, like I'm chosen." But I don't, I don't know what. And then Gabriel goes through all of these things about how she's going to have a son, uh, and and she's she's going to name him something very specific. He's going to be the Messiah. He's also going to be the Son of God. He's going to be a king. All of these things have got to be wild, especially for a preteen teenager. Right. And and to think about the scariness of those kinds of things. Because again, she says it, I'm a virgin. How am I supposed to have a child? And then Gabriel describes this. I would be lost. Totally confused. Yeah. Because it's hard to envision exactly how, how all of that stuff works out. But Mary's choice here really defines how she views god Mm -hmm. in a sense because instead of choosing her comfort which it would be a lot easier to say you know go to someone else i'm happy with where i am i'm getting married soon it's all gonna my life is already gonna be okay Mm -hmm. but she chooses instead this crazy spiritual calling that god has placed on her life and she chooses obedience for it yeah giving up her comfort for that Yeah. And it's without that choice, you know, I
0: I don't know what would have happened. Right, and I think it's interesting that I'm sure she was confused and probably thinking that same thing, like, you know, I could just say no to this, but Gabriel does something specific here. He tells her, oh, by the way, your relative Elizabeth, who's old, who's never had a child, is barren. um, She's six months pregnant. Like, So it's like God is already proving to her that God can do crazy and miraculous and powerful things.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that might've been what Mary needed to commit to this. Yeah. Just that knowledge of God is already working. God is doing things that I can see. God has created life where there was no life. God can do this in and through me. Yeah. And it's, like, and then you have to, she has this whole thing of not only is she having a baby, which is already uncomfortable enough, mm-hmm. but she's having a baby that would one day save the world. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I, I think about kind of the end of the story mm-hmm. and you think about, you know, Jesus on the cross and Mary, his mother is there. Right. You know, on her knees crying and, and there's an interaction there. I don't think she really understood what that meant.
0: Probably not at the time. And
1: I don't necessarily think that she was under the same impression as maybe other Jews who thought that, you know, you'd be a king. But she chose to do this even though she really didn't understand exactly what God was doing.
0: Right. And yes, she was afraid and she had questions. But Mary was willing to do what God was asking her to do. Mary did what God asked, even though it meant giving up her comfort. Mm. She's not the only one, though. Oh, no. She's not the only one. I think she probably had the... Hardest time. Hardest time, biggest load to carry. Yeah. But, I mean, her fiancé, Joseph, also had to go through something that made him very uncomfortable. Yeah. This entire situation was probably really uncomfortable for him, too. Oh, yeah.
1: And I like how his story is framed as well. Because yeah. he seems like a pretty
0: good guy in this story. Oh, definitely. Definitely. The way that Joseph talks and the way he acts and the things he does show you his character yeah. as a person. And I think that's it's interesting. Like, the story, there's more to it. But his story, in comparison, is a very small section to Mary's.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean... It would probably take a little more convincing to tell a virgin that she is pregnant um, than it would for Joseph. Mm -hmm. But in Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, it says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Angels play a big part in the story mm-hmm. but just just imagine another section of this uncomfortable moment when Mary had to then tell her fiance Joseph, "Hey, I'm pregnant, yeah, and it's uncomfortable for Mary. It's also uncomfortable for Joseph, oh yeah, like a not a great situation to be in, especially in this day and age because. Right
1: you know women who are found to be pregnant and unmarried were like the lowest of the low and were not Mm -hmm. looked well upon at all right and so for mary to kind of go to joseph one shows the trust that mary has with joseph Mm -hmm. but also really putting herself in a vulnerable situation and joseph really just kind of does the best that he can with with what what has happened but it
0: couldn't have been easy Right. And really, Joseph Joseph is faced with a couple of options here. He could have said, I'm going to stick with Mary, and that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. I trust her. I believe what she said. Which would have heaped a lot of shame onto him and his family in that culture. Mm-hmm. Because it would have been looked at as if he had broken the vows. That he had taken as an engaged man. Yeah. And it would have looked like they were living in sin. Yeah. So he had another option, which was to call out Mary in front of the entire town and say, she is with child. It's not my child. I wash my hands of this. Yeah. And kind of left it at that, which in the culture, Mary could have been killed for. Mm-hmm. And so Joseph didn't choose either of those. He chose to try and divorce her quietly. Not bring shame. He didn't have complete trust, but he didn't want to bring shame or bring about pain or death to mm-hmm. Mary. So he's going to divorce her quietly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Had to be a really uncomfortable choice in time for him. And then he's made this decision. And then he has an angel that appeared to him in a dream and told him, hey, Take her as your wife. She is not lying to you. Yeah. And that's... Joseph says, okay. Yeah.
1: And I think it's really important to point out as well that Joseph being Jesus' father is extremely important. Yeah. And the angel even says it, Joseph's son of David. Yeah. Joseph is in the line of King David, and King David was promised that it would be his descendant who would become the messiah so it's it's super super important that joseph steps into that role Mm -hmm. and you know to think about the, the the ways that god had to move in both mary and joseph's life to fulfill those kinds of things yeah it's amazing but it also we can't discount the fact that joseph when joseph was met with this angel in the dream he chose to continue yeah, and that's giving up his own comfort because, like you said, this was not going to be easy moving forward.
0: Oh, definitely not. Like Joseph did what God asked, even though it meant giving up his comfort. Mm-hmm. In spite of that, he still did what God asked of him. And you know, it would be great if those were all of the difficult decisions. Oh, yeah. Mary says yes. Joseph says yes. Life is good. Right. They got a nice little baby named Jesus. All's good. But nothing from that point forward was easy or fun or peaceful or comfortable. Yeah. Mary dealt with the discomfort and pain of pregnancy just like any other mother would. Probably more than we would
1: think about nowadays, given kind of the comfort of hospitals. and right. The kinds of medications that we have. They didn't have any of that stuff. Right. Also, it was in a cave surrounded by
0: animals. Right. She probably had a cow looking at her as she's giving birth. Yeah. Which is just an uncomfortable thought in and of itself. Yeah. A few sheep, maybe a goat, too. I don't know why goat made me so uncomfortable. (laughs) Goat made you shift. It was like, not a goat. But, so, she felt that same discomfort that any other woman would, probably Mm -hmm. more so than we can imagine today with the medicine, the comfort that we have in hospitals, things like that. And they were required to take this trip to a town called Bethlehem in the very last days of Mary's pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And she had to ride on the back of a donkey. And there was nowhere in Bethlehem for them to stay other than a cave where animals slept. So that's where the savior of the world was born. Crazy. Yeah. And then after so much discomfort and before they could really celebrate the miracle of Jesus's birth, King Herod heard a rumor about the birth of a new king. And he feared rebellion so much and he feared competition that Herod decided to find and kill not just this one baby, but every baby who might pose a threat to him.
1: That's rough, man. Mary and Joseph just literally couldn't catch
0: a break. Not at all. Like there was nothing that they could do to seem to ease what was coming towards them. No. They I think
1: you know, they chose the calling because they trusted in God and they trusted in those things. But I mean it goes to show that just cause you choose what god has called you to and it is the best choice that you can make it's not going to be an easy road and it consistently was not easy oh right joseph
0: right like in matthew chapter 2 verse 13 and 14 it says an angel of the lord appeared to joseph in a dream get up flee to egypt with the child and his mother the angel said stay there until i tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, his mother. Like, That's terrifying. Not only is their baby being hunted down to be killed, but they have to flee to a
1: land that they have never been to. And this is, this is not that long after Mary has just spent days pregnant riding on a donkey. Right, yeah. So they go from long journey on a donkey's back, pregnancy in the craziest possible position, another long journey to a a land probably neither of them had ever been to.
0: Right. They were refugees in a foreign land with basically a bounty on their heads. Mm -hmm. Like, they could not catch a break. And while you and I dream about our cozy Christmases with... Pajamas and crackling fires and hot chocolate. It's important for us to remember and reflect on how uncomfortable that first Christmas was. Yeah. Like long travel on donkeys, smelly animals, being looked down upon by everyone that you know. Yeah. Having to flee so your baby wouldn't be murdered. Mary and Joseph did all of that. Because they knew the world needed a savior, and they were willing to get uncomfortable to see that happen. Mm -hmm. I think it's—they gave up their comfort to be a part of something bigger than themselves.
1: Yeah, and I think they knew that. I think they were aware that they were really doing something beyond what they were capable of. And like you said, Gabriel gave um, Mary the example of her— Aunt Elizabeth, uh-huh. who was pregnant, even though no one, everyone had said that she was never going to be pregnant. So I think they were aware that what was happening was much bigger than themselves. Oh, yeah. And really, that, that had to have been one of the few things keeping them going
0: during these difficult times. Right. And, you know, God has given each and every one of us our own individual stories but gives us the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than ourselves as well. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I I said opportunity, because if Mary and Joseph had made different choices, they would have missed out on that opportunity. Yeah. Like what if Mary had said, I can't do this, choose someone else, God. Mm. Or what if Joseph had said, no thanks, I never volunteered for this. If Mary and Joseph had decided to stick with what was comfortable, God would have still worked. Jesus would have still been born. Yeah. But Mary and Joseph would have missed out on being part of something extraordinary. And it was because they chose to give up their comfort that they gained something incredible. And they became part of the greatest moment in history. Yeah. The birth of our Savior. Man, it's it's
1: it's wild to think that. Because, I mean, yeah, Gabriel didn't command either of them to to do it. Right. You know? But,
0: man, would it definitely look different? Right. And, I mean, you and I may never be visited by an angel. No. But all of us have the same choice to make. How can I get uncomfortable in order to join what God is doing in the world?
1: And I, I think it's important to notice that... When God asks you to do something, most of the time, you will be uncomfortable.
0: I can't think of a single story in the Bible where God asked someone to do something and it made them more comfortable. Yeah, I can't either. Like, discomfort is just a part of doing what God wants us to do in the world that we live in. Yeah. Which is not a feel-good, happy thought. No.
1: And that's not to say that we live in that discomfort all the time. Right. But there is a point where we're getting out of our comfort zones and we're doing things that God has called us to do. And if God's calling us to do it, one, it's the best choice that we can make. But two, it's beyond our human capabilities. So, of course, it's going to be uncomfortable. Right. But with God, we can get through it.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's especially this time of year. I've, I've told you I am not the biggest fan of Christmas because mm-hmm. it's easy, so easy to focus on ourselves in our comfort. And it's not only true at Christmas time. We have a problem in our world thinking that way. Yeah. But hopefully the stories of Mary and Joseph are the reminder that people need in order to choose obedience over comfort. Yeah. Because Christmas isn't about you. It's not about me. It's not about anyone that's listening to this and it's not about our comfort.
1: Yeah.
0: Like it's about the savior of the world who got really uncomfortable in order to save us. And it's about the many people who followed his lead because of something so much bigger than themselves. Yeah. I think it's important but difficult to ask ourselves how can I make myself more uncomfortable this Christmas season in order to be part of something bigger than myself. Yeah. Myself. I don't have multiple selves. Multiple
1: selves. Yeah. It's I feel like sometimes it's hard to discover those things for ourselves. But there are small ways that we can that we can get uncomfortable now. I mean oh, yeah. something as simple as um, talking to someone else about Jesus. Yeah. Right? Or or maybe, you know, instead of focusing on the presence that you're gonna get, being generous mm-hmm. with your money, being generous with your time or or like those kinds of things they re- require discomfort to achieve. But those are the things that God has called us to do. And like you said, our culture has a fascination with ourselves and greed, especially at this period of time during the holidays. But, man, if we can kind of get out of that and be reminded that if you want to be a part of what God is doing, you're going to have to get
0: uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, you're right. There are little things that we can do to make ourselves even just a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah like maybe that's just being kind to a family member that you struggle to get along with or like yeah i know many of us were actually kind of thankful at times that this holiday season hasn't looked exactly as it normally does cuz we got to avoid uncomfortable conversations with family members especially in this um politically charged world yeah. that we live in a lot of people I heard from that were just so excited that I didn't have to talk to my uncle this time or I didn't have to talk to my grandparents just or my brother because, you know, it would have just ended in an argument. But maybe making us a little more uncomfortable means that we are being kind to family members that we struggle to like mm. or struggle to get along with.
1: Yeah.
0: Or it could be, taking time during this Christmas season and volunteer to serve someone who's hurting or in need or serve at an organization that helps people who are hurting or in need. I mean,
1: there's lots of places to volunteer in Nixa and Springfield and the surrounding areas. Oh, yeah. All kind, especially during this season. Because there's, I think some people forget that the holidays can be great for a lot of people, but for a lot of people, it's one of the hardest times of the year. Yeah. And there are always people who are hurting or in need. Um, and and if we're capable of, of volunteering to serve someone, oh, definitely, definitely a way we can get uncomfortable for the things that God has called us to do.
0: Yeah, and just shameless plug for those people that it is very hard for them this season. Aldersgate does have the service of comfort and hope this Saturday. Cool. Um, so if you are this, if the season is hard, you're struggling with those kind of things, and you just need some emotional. Or spiritual support, uh, go on to our website or Facebook page and just try and find out a little bit more about the service of comfort and hope.
1: Yeah. Or email us at the firepit at aldersgatechurch.com. We'd love to answer your questions, uh, get in contact with you.
0: Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it might just be there are people that are really struggling during the season, and maybe we spend time with someone who we know could really use a friend right now. Oh, yeah. Those people are everywhere they're everywhere and they're all, they're all around us right and a lot of times the people that really need a friend right now might be people that make us a little uncomfortable mm. but we're not trying to make ourselves the most comfortable if we're yeah. following Jesus we're trying to make ourselves more uncomfortable okay. in order to be part of his plan
1: because what I mean what we're doing is we're, we're reminded that Jesus's arrival Is really an act of love. Yeah. And getting doing that and really loving someone is a sacrifice. It is an uncomfortable thing. And so we're we're really just taking part in what Jesus has already done Mm -hmm. when we get uncomfortable and when we do things like that. So really what we're what we're doing is we're we're being a part of God's plan by showing his love to other people who may never have experienced that kind of love before.
0: Oh, definitely. And, you know, God's probably not asking you to do anything as uncomfortable as what Mary and Joseph were asked to do. Probably not. But we are, impar- uh, we are imparted. That's not the word. We are invited. There it is. To be a part of the same story that Mary and Joseph were a part of. Yeah. God is inviting us to, into that same story, but it requires us to be a little uncomfortable.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Mary and Joseph helped Jesus come into the world, and we have the chance to continue spreading the good news of Jesus through our words and our actions.
1: So the question is, if Mary and Joseph gave up their comfort in order to join God's mission in the world, this Christmas, what can we do to get uncomfortable to help God's mission in the world? Yeah. How can we do the same thing that they did?
0: Yeah. Lots of different ways. And Lots I think people are probably going to need to try and figure that out for themselves, what it is that they need to do.
1: Yeah. I agree. Yeah. We've given you a couple.
0: Uh, yeah, we gave you a, we'll you a few. But don't be limited by our
1: suggestions. No, there are countless ways to um, further God's kingdom and show love and peace and joy and all those other things that I think... We try and celebrate at this time. Mm-hmm. There are there are thousands of ways to oh, yeah. to hand those things to people who are in need and who need them.
0: Definitely. You know, maybe if all of these things actually happened, I would like Christmas a little bit more. I think you would. Wouldn't be as
1: grinchy.
0: I, I wouldn't be as grinchy. Is that a is that a word? It is Grinchy, now. Scroogey. What was the word we
1: came up with earlier? Scrooge and Grinch? Scrinch Scrinch?
0: Or Or Grooge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We liked Grooge better. We did
1: like Grooge a lot. Yep. Okay. Well.
0: Always a pleasure. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Sounds so formal. I try. (laughs) Well. Hopefully you've enjoyed getting nice and warm and comfortable with us around the fire pit. Mm-hmm. We now need to leave and get leave. uncomfortable.
1: Oh, we do need to get uncomfortable. However, we might need to think about, during the season, recalling it instead of the fire pit, the fireplace. No? no? Oh, we'll stick. We'll keep it as the fire pit.
0: <laughs> I like the fire pit. Me too. Okay, thank you all for joining us. Hopefully you have a... Merry Christmas season, but make mm-hmm. sure it's not a Merry Christmas to you. Yeah. Make sure it's a you're doing everything you can to make it a Merry Christmas for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, Shameless plug. If you are following Fusion
1: uh, AMC on Instagram, we are going through an Advent uh, daily Bible study. So keep on doing that. If you do have any other questions or you'd just like to contact me or Caleb, uh, talk about the podcast or really anything that's going on, hit up the Fire Pit. At AldersgateChurch.com, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Love to connect with you. Um, I think that's about it for. I think that's it too. All right. Uh, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Adios.